behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix it radio. And it is that time. Fix it radio. KLZ 560. Happy Saturday for listening to us on Tuesday. Thank you for that as well. It is February the 18th today. And, uh, Still winter. Still winter. Larry Unger with me. And time's flying. Still winter. Still winter. Time's flying. Uh, we got more snow coming this next week, potentially, so we are not out of winter yet. So for those of you that are thinking, when is this going to end? Um, typically in Colorado, not till at least April and sometimes even latter part of April. So we got another good, oh, I would say four weeks or so left of oh, at getting least. through winter, at least, if not a little bit longer. We're the middle of... You know, that would only put us in the middle of March, March 18th. So we got about six more weeks, really, when it's all said and done. Well, my house faces north, and I haven't seen the grass in <laughs> almost two months. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, those of you know this, that, you know, especially some of you that are maybe transplants, but the natives know this, and folks who have been around a while know this. You drive down any street, and uh, yeah, you can pretty much, you, you know where north is really quick just by looking at where the uh, snow is on yep. the front of houses versus the other side of the street that looks like a summer oasis. Well, and believe it or not, I was reading something yesterday that said that the snow has not melted off this long in 33 years. 33 years, really? Yeah. Wow. So it's been an unusual winter, to say the least. That, that, uh, so 33 years. That's act- I, I mean, I've been here my whole life, 58 and a half years roughly, 58 years, whatever it is. And I, I was telling somebody the other day, I don't know that I can remember a time where we've had snow on the ground this consistently yeah. throughout from really about the middle of December now till now. And again, we've potentially got more snow coming in this week. How much? Um, it's too early to tell. They're talking like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Hard to say exactly what that's going to do, but more like Tuesday, Wednesday storm. So. We will see. Anyway, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Larry Unger, if you're listening for the first time, thank you very much. You can learn more about what we do here on our program at fixitradio.com. For those of you, again, maybe tuning in for the first time, I myself host uh, four shows here on KLZ. We have my daily show that we do from 3 to 7 p.m. every weekday, Rush to Reason. We have Drive Radio that follows up Fix It Radio, which is really where everything started. We've been doing that for a very, very long time, and we answer car questions and do everything automotive related we have this program of course which is you know all things to do with you know the you know home ownership maintenance fixing repairing all the different things that happen when you own a home buy sell all those different things and then of course we have a preparedness show on fridays from two to three ready radio which we have a lot of fun at we we sort of overlap some things at times it just depends on what we're doing but we started uh, a couple of weeks ago we were off last week of course but a couple of weeks ago we started larry and i talking about some of the common mistakes that are made when you do electrical projects around the house. And we did not get a chance to end that as, as fate has it or has how things go. We you know, had several phone calls, and we get going different directions, which is fine. There's no issues with that. That's what this program is all about. But we did not get a chance to finish the list. In fact, I think all we ended up getting to 
were uh, three. I got to look through here, Larry, Larry. I think we got through uh, about five or six of the eight. Um, so we, we, you know, we didn't do too bad, but that was a good that was a good um, um, topic that we had, and I'll continue on with that a little bit today. But again, anything else you want to talk about? That's what we're here for. Three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. You can text us a question as well. Three zero seven two hundred. 8222. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about today, because I know this is at the top of everybody's mind, and at least it is mine. I I don't know anybody that it's not. Everybody right now is paying more money for their energy. Oh, gosh. Yes. Electricity and gas. And some of you are thinking, so what do you do about it? Um, That's a great question, because you got to turn the lights on and you got to have the heat on. Now, there are things you can do to minimize both, of course. There are things that you can do to, you know, you know, put on a, a light sweater or something in the house, you know, he- heavier slippers or socks or whatever, and turn the temperature down a little bit. But there's only so much of that you can do. And, you know, bottom line is even to keep the, the house over a certain degree, the furnace is just going to run. You, you, have to, you have to live inside of a heated home. If you don't, you have pipes that freeze and all sorts of other things that happen. And no offense, nobody wants to live in a freezing cold home so i sure don't i don't want to so you, you're <laughs> going to use that now are there ways to again save in that area and this is where it gets a little bit dicey and you really have to sit down analyze and start running through some math for example if you only occupy one or two rooms in your house most of the time and you want to keep your thermostat pretty low, let's say 55, 60 degrees, just to make sure pipes don't freeze in other parts of the home, but you really only occupy a couple of areas of the house, could you, and I don't know the answer to this because you've got you to figure the math out on this on your own, maybe even do a trial run, are you better off putting a couple of small electric space heaters in those two rooms that you're in constantly and let the rest of the house drop down to, say, 55, 60 degrees? Yep. And would you save money in the end by doing so? And again, Larry, I don't have that answer. I don't know. All I can tell you is when we were talking to an energy expert at Larry's Automotive, we were told that it's better to run the heater 24-7 than turn it down and let it try to catch up during the day. And I would agree with that. You're better off to keep a consistent temperature, whatever that's going to be, because the objects and everything that are in the house, the rooms, and so on, they're absorbing that heat as well. Yes. And when they're cooling down, warming up, cooling down, you're, yeah, you're better off to just let those things sit at whatever that temperature, that magic number you want it to be is. Whether it be 50, 55, 60, doesn't matter. Just right. keep it that way. Now, some of you have, you know, uh, hot water heat or you've, you know, you've got radiant heat in the floors or whatever. And in those cases, and this is the advantage of homes built that way, not, not all are because it's more expensive to do it that way, although back in the day it's how everything was done until really air conditioning got big and then they started incorporating furnace and AC unit all into you know, one air handler, if you would, and, and sort of simplified things because if you've got hot water heat and you want AC, you've got two separate systems now that you're running. One is running all of the air handling, the yep. ducts and all of that, and the hot water heat, of course, is doing your heat. The advantage, though, if you don't know this, some of you do, but the advantage to hot water heat is it's zoned. And it's zoned to where, for example, I have it in my house. I've got an older home, and it's got hot water heat in it. I have, i got to think through this for a second, Larry, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or eight zones. 
Okay. Each one of those you can control independently of everything else. So, if, you know, we've got some spare bedrooms we're not using. Those are on their own zone. I can keep the temperature in those areas at 55, 60 degrees, not have to bring that up. And those two areas keep the doors shut. Those two areas are not getting heated. You're not paying to heat those like you are the rest of the home. That's the one advantage that you get when you have zone systems like like hot water heat. There are some HVAC systems that are similar to that. And again, those are things that you can also look at as upgrades to what you currently have now to see if there's any money savings along those lines. But in the end, you really have to look at some of this and really dive into what are you using, when are you using it. And and most of the energy companies, Excel Energy especially, will give you some data on what you're doing, what you know, what you're using, when are you using it through the month. And by the way, if you want to track that, just look at your energy usage on Excel's website on their page throughout the month, and you'll get a pretty good idea of you using most of your energy at the beginning of the month, the end of the month, the middle of the month. Is it consistent all the way through? You can look at that, and it will pretty much tell you what's going on. And then it gives you, of course, an annual summary of where are you compared to last year, year before, and so on. Use it. It'll tell you what's going on, whether you're up or down when it comes to all of your your usage. Joe, what's going on? John, I want to share with you some up, um, developments in the field of zoning. Now, you talked about hot water and um, zoning, for those who are not familiar with it. If you have a hot air system, zoning basically consists of putting little motorized dampers in the supply ductwork to each area of the house. Right. And then each house, each room has a thermostat. Now, the problem, if you had a 20-year-old house and you wanted to put, say you had three upstairs bedrooms and you want to put each one on a zone, it used to get... It was expensive and difficult, sometimes impossible, to run those little wires from the thermostat in the bedroom wall down to the basement. Right. Uh, you know, to snake those wires down. They now have wireless yep. um, thermostats. The controllers. Um, oh, yeah, right. It's a, yeah. I mean, it looks like a thermostat, but yep. it's a controller. Yep. Um, so you don't need to run a wire from the, the, you know, let's say you got a kid's off to college. Yep. You put the thermostat, you make you. You pair it to a little motorized damper, and the damper itself is maybe 150 bucks, and it's right there in the furnace room, and you just, you know, it goes up in the ductwork, and it's probably going to cost you another 200 bucks per zone to have it installed. Um, but if you can do that, one other suggestion, you want to have a nice, strong Wi-Fi. In my house, they have um, routers now that have little satellites, so you have right. one main and then... So I've got a system that has the main the main router. And for everybody listening, they call that mesh Wi-Fi, just so you all know what the technical term is for that. They call it mesh Wi-Fi. Right. So I've got a satellite um, a satellite router at the far end of my, uh, you know, I've got in one corner of my house, I've got the, you know, where the, where the modem comes in. I've got the primary router. And then at the other end of the main ground floor, I've got another satellite. Then the upstairs, I've got another uh, another uh, satellite router that's basically relaying and boosting the signal, and then I've got a, a third one in the basement that's relaying and boosting the signal. So if you're going to do that, and by the way, it's great. So if you want to watch, TV, you know, stream TV or have a computer, I think it's great. If you've got a big sprawling house, those mesh systems are great. But in particular, if you want to put wireless zoning in your house, I would urge you to upgrade your. Uh, router network and then if you've got a little you know satellite router in the basement john i'm 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 thinking that maybe you can have one of your uh, sponsors come on but i'm thinking you could probably put zone damping in for maybe 400 bucks a room um yeah i, mean, I would, I would think four to five hundred a room and then what somebody have to do is sit down and figure the 
the math on what would that save you, how long are you going to stay in your home. Again, all of this really, Joe, as you know, comes down to understanding math. What, do you, what are your potential savings going to be? How long are you going to stay in the home, and when does it start to break even? Right. But again, you know, we've, we've got a four-bedroom house, and most of the time it's just my wife and I in one bedroom now. Uh, you know, we didn't bother to, to put zoning in because we just basically have the vents shut off and, you know, we, we leave the doors open. But um, if you've got a guest bathroom, for instance, you don't want to let that. If you have a guest bathroom with an outside wall and it's seven degrees outside, you want heat in that room. Otherwise, right. you're going to freeze the pipe in that uh, right. in that bathroom. So, uh, but again, but you can set, you can, but, but the, the, again, the solution with zoning is you set those rooms down to 50, all right? And the, you're going to save a ton of money. Yeah, 50 and, and 50 is more than enough to keep the, the pipes, as you know, you can keep the pipes from freezing with that and, you know, open the cabinet doors if you need to or whatever. But, yeah, there's multiple ways to, right. to, to do that. And point being, Joe, as you know, the prices just keep going up and up, and people are now going to have to start thinking about things that, frankly, four or five years ago we didn't have to think about. Right, and maybe, you know, if you don't want to do it all at once, maybe you do one or two zones this year and one mm-hmm. or two zones next year. But Great point. Um well, you know, five years ago, John, it would have been cost prohibitive because you were having yeah. to run wires. Good point. You know, you were having to, you were having to run wires from that upstairs guest bedroom down to the basement, and uh, that was difficult, if not impossible. Now, it's just uh, providing you've got a good Wi-Fi network in the house. You know, you stick a thermostat on the wall and you put a damper in the basement ductwork, and and you're off to the races for a couple hundred bucks. No, that, that's a great idea, and. Again, the advancements, to your point, Joe, the advancements that have happened along some of the, you know, uh, quote-unquote smart home technology, not that all of it is going to save you money, but in, in a lot of cases, Joe, it will, providing you do things correctly. Right. And, um, by the way, for, if you've got a 20-year-old furnace, you know, it's, nowadays 97% furnaces, you know, are kind of the norm. Right. Uh, you know, and if you've got a 20-year-old 80% furnace, uh, John, I, you, let's say if you're, let's say your furnace is 18 years old. Guess what? You've only got another year or two to go, if that. So you yep. know, bite the bullet. The payback. So if you're going to spend, I'm going to pick a number. Say you're going to spend three grand for a new furnace sometime in the next 36 months. You, you're, I think you're better off spending that three grand this year yeah. than three years from now. Agree. The payback. You know, when you yep. look at the cost of money, you know. Yep. You know, even if you have to put on a home equity loan, you know, three grand this year versus that same three grand three years from now, you look at what it's going to cost you uh, to run that old 80% FUE furnace uh, for, for three years, um, it's going to cost you a fortune. So Good point. if your furnace is 15 years old, do it now, don't wait. Yeah, and again, that's another one where, you know, you look at the math on, you know, it's, it's shown right on your current furnace, what's the... You know, what, what's the efficiency, what's the BTUs it's taking, so on and so forth. And you and I both know, too, Joe, as they age, that efficiency starts to drop. So if you look at, you know, what used to be an 80% efficient furnace and it's 18 years old, what's that thing down to now, 70 or so? So you can really do the math and figure out how much more efficient am I going to be with a new furnace versus the old. Right. And what's the chances of that 18-year-old furnace having a failure? And, you know, so if you... So something simple like a spark spark igniter goes out on a cold night. Well, what do you figure it's going to cost John to have somebody come out yep. and replace a spark igniter on a Saturday? A lot compared um, to just doing all that on the front side. Yeah. So again, a new furnace. You know, you should be. You know, change the filters. You should be golden for the next five years. Eighteen-year-old furnace. I would bet against you not having at least one service call 
in the next 36 months. I would agree. Um, so between the cost of energy yep. and the probability of a service call, which always happen, of course, at the worst possible time. Yep. They never happen. When it, they never happen when it's 60 outside. They happen when it's six or seven degrees outside. So uh, again, if you've got a 15 year old furnace or older, and it's an ADFUE, look at changing it out sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Uh, anyway, great point. That's, that's that's all I got. Joe, this, thanks, man. Anyway. Have a great day. No, appreciate it very much. And he's spot on. And again, any of these upgrades. Uh, as we talk through this, I will not tell you point blank, go do X and save X. And I, I think that if anybody's telling you, go do this and save X, that they're they're um, probably going to disappoint you. Because you've got to do the math on your own. You really have to sit down and say, okay, if I spend X to save X, how long... Does each one of those, you know, how long does the second X take to equal the first X? And the money that I spent versus what I'm going to save, how long does it take to make up for what I just invested? Now, for some of you that are planning on staying in your home for a long time, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, there's probably not too many investments in the house you can't make that won't pay back over time if you're going to stay there that long. Now, if you're not going to stay in a home very long, and you're thinking, you know, we might have five years here, and then we're going to bail and go someplace else, do something different. One other thing you have to think about, though, to Joe's point. Let's say that you're in that house that's a little bit older. You've got an 18-year-old furnace, and you go ahead and replace it, knowing, hey, we're only going to be here four or five years. Our payback might not actually work out, but actually, it probably will, because when you go to market that house... It's a selling point. That's right. You market it as having a brand-new, high-efficiency furnace Blah, blah, blah. We've done the things necessary to make sure that we're saving energy. In fact, here's our energy bills compared to what some of our neighbors have. Then, to Larry's point a second ago, it becomes a selling point, and you'll get that money back anyways at that point in time. So that's the other factor in this you have to look at. Well, and when you buy something like that, you want to make sure that the warranty is transferable. Good point, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be one of the first things to ask. If I sell the home, you know, this is a five-year warranty, and I sell the home in three years— does the next person get the next two years? Or if it's a 10-year yep. warranty and I'm out in five, does the next person get the remaining five? Do I have to pay a transfer fee? How does all that work? Because you'd want to make sure you're covered on that so that you can pass that on to the next owner. Great exactly. point. Yep. Great point. All right. Fix It Radio, any other questions, comments, something you've done potentially to save money on energy? We would love to hear it. This is a community. You know, we, we do this together so that we can all benefit from one another. If there's something that you specifically have done that you know saved you a boatload of money, please let us know. You can text us at 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222, or call us directly and just share it, you know, share it over the airwaves, 303-477-5600. Stack Optical, they're going to be coming up here in a moment as well. Anything you need when it comes to your eyewear, the eye exam itself, they've got an optometrist on site, you name it, they can do it all, and they can specifically make glasses to fit your specific needs depending upon what that is for a lot of you that are out there that are you know you, you're handy you do different things around the house you do different things outside you 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 ride motorcycles or atvs or do outdoor sports or you're an auto technician and you you wear a bifocal or a trifocal lens but instead of looking down all the time you want to be able to look up there's all sorts of things that can be done along those lines to help improve your eyesight make living easier and stack optical can do all that for you they can really customize anything you need to fit you accordingly and trust me folks you do not want to go to one of the quick one hour you know one one of the quick sites to where you may not even end up with frames that fit your face correctly 
Your eyes are a big deal. Being able to see is a big deal. Take care of that. Go to Stack Optical. Talk to Alan. He'll take care of you very, very well. Trust me in that. 303-321-1578. Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With a 321 buy down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913 5.913 the third, and the remaining years at 6.913, with an APR of 6.985. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month less the first year, $511 the second, $262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take AIM, 720-895-0500. Three-to-one buy-downs available up to 95% loan-to-value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV, 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of 1116, NMLS 298-191, and rates subject to change. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance. You need a roof that is going to keep you and yours protected from the Colorado elements this winter. But having a reliable, functioning roof doesn't mean you should have to compromise your bank account. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement with a rejuvenation treatment. This 100% plant-based product gives you new roof performance without new roof costs. But sometimes a replacement is absolutely necessary. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your family. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. Contact Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado today, and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916. 
That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your family is protected. All right, we are back. And uh, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Sorry, I was thinking of something. Uh, during the week, for a lot of you listening really quick, Before Bill, hang tight. Before we get into you know more energy savings ways, a lot of you are thinking, well, why can't we just go fight the power company, you know, XL Energy and so on for a lot of these increases? Well, there is someone doing that. You hear the ads during my daily show during the week. It's Americans for Prosperity, AFP. And they're running ads. In fact, Charlie, what we should do is let's – I know this is my airtime, but can we insert one of those this next this next uh, break that we have so people can actually hear that? So the next break, we'll play one of those. And they are, on our behalf, trying to fight back against a lot of these huge increases that you all have had on your energy bill. So we'll play that in this next block, um, probably even put it at the top of the hour. I think we put it in a couple of times today. It would help a lot of you, and I'll even try to stick this into to drive radio as well so you all can hear what's going on with, with AFP, and I'll, we'll, we'll put that in the next break for you all so you can actually hear that because um, uh, that's an important thing, and I think it is a, a huge way to help fight back some of what we're encountering when it comes to those things. Bill and Lakewood, you're next. Hey, what's up? Let me tell you. I, I, I can't remember if I've said it to you, but how would you do without Internet at home, right? Oh, you right now, Bill, I'd be almost in a possibility to – I mean, you could survive, yes, but I tell you, for a lot of the things that we're talking about, the conveniences and so on, it'd be rough. Well, I'm out. Mine's out. I have singular. I, I, in my opinion, I'd stay away from them. My uh, – my, they, they, I just changed to to the optical – Couple oh, fiber months. optics, okay. And they put a new thing in there. So, so this doo-wah that sits on top of the desk, that's, I guess, the antenna. I don't know what the heck it is because there's a, another, I think the route is screwed into the wall down by the floor. Well, uh, well, that's probably taking the fiber going to cable, and then from the cable there it's going back up to your modem that's on the desk is my guess. Right, the modem's up on top. Well, Correct. a couple of days ago... You know, when it's when it's working, it's it's green. Okay. Yes. Well, it's been red ever since. That means there's no connection there. And then you call up, and I've I've talked to India, uh, the Philippines. (laughs) I mean, God only knows. And do this, do this, push this, take a a a paper clip and stick it in this hole. Do the reset. Yeah. Well, none of it worked. So okay, let's see. I can't remember if it was Thursday that the uh, I, I'm not going to get a new one until Monday. Hmm. How, how I go? Are you telling me in the city of Denver there isn't a service truck in this city that has another one of these on there? You got to go through the system. Yeah, and really quick, and a little insight to a lot of you that are are listening, and this is something that's kind of an inside trick that a lot of people don't know, is if you are a business customer versus a residential customer. Now, doesn't mean you have to be in a business area. You can have business service at your residence. And by the way, there's not a lot of difference in price 
from one to the other. I mean, in, in most cases, we're talking a nominal fee to go from being resident to business, and they don't ever ask for any kind of proof of business or anything along those lines. You just sign up for business service at your house. What that does, Bill, moves you up the ladder. They're taking care of business customers first, personal customers or residences second. So if you have that ability to, for any of you listening out there and you want a higher level of service from your internet provider, switch over to a business class service if you can do it and not have to spend a ton of extra money to do so, and you will get somebody out there much faster. Just side note. Well, not but only that, know, like, but like you're still, I just, was, whether I you're a customer. A while ago, I can access my email through my phone. Okay. That's a pain in the neck. It is a pain. Go ahead, Larry. You know, you gotta go through each one, delete this one, delete. Right. Plus, I'm 70 years old. I gotta look at my phone. I can't understand how everybody <laughs> does everything on the phone itself. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I need a I need a bigger screen at times. You know, we were talking about that the other day, and my granddaughter had her phone taken away from her because her grandmother was paying the bill, and she decided not to pay it anymore. Okay. So she needed a phone to call somebody. Well, if you remember the days when we had the wall mount phones, everybody could use that phone and not a problem. Can't do it today. No. (laughs) I still got a wall mounted phone because when I can't find one, I know where that one is. Mm. You know, and and the worst thing is we had an old dial up one from when we moved in. And I always left it there because it rang so loud you could hear it any place. Bill, is that a rotary or is that a push button? Well, now i got a push button, but it used to be a rotary. It used to be a dial. And you could hear that any place in the house. You could hear it outside. Yeah, yeah. These these new ones, if you're not right in front of it, just like with my cell phone, you know, I keep it in its little case, and I, 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 I tell everybody, call me on my house phone, because unless I'm sitting right next to it, I don't hear it. And I, I don't carry my phone around. I don't live and die with my phone in my hand. Well, you are unique because most do. Well, I know. Well, I'm yes, 70 they do. years old. <laughs> so. Anyways, well, I'm sorry you got to wait till Monday, Bill. But anyways, a little tip there for a lot of you listening. If you want a little better service out of your Internet provider, that is a little trick that you can, again, can't always do it because, um, you know, cost-wise it may not work depending upon where you're at and what you've got going on. But typically speaking, you can switch over to a business class service and not spend much more money. And if I'm not mistaken, if you have a resident service or a business service, everything outside of that residence is covered by the cable company. Everything inside the residence or business is your responsibility. Correct. But Correct. You know, just, just ironically, how screwed up CenturyLink is, I don't know what tech's going on, but our, our cable box went out about a week ago or something like that. Shoot, we just drove down to the Comcast store and got a new one. Yeah, and, I don't know how that works on the CenturyLink side. You know, and, and I called them up and got somebody in India. You know, what will it would take to to switch to my um, my internet through through cable? Well, you need an antenna. Whatever the heck they said. I mean, I'm, I've had it. Did you need an interpreter? <laughs> well, <laughs> some of them. Some of them they need them from me. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Bill. Good one. I could talk faster and faster. I, I've lived here for 50 years, but I regress. I hear you. Bill, appreciate you, man. Be, be, be safe and, yeah, hopefully, you know, getting the Internet back. Yeah, for anyone. 
it's it's the point now where we all rely on it so much for just a lot of the daily things that we do, even communicating back and forth with different individuals and so on. It's become really a, a main a mainstay, a main tool. More so even, Larry, Larry, when we were kids, having a TV antenna oh, yeah. was a big deal. It was. And not having one was a huge issue. Uh, nowadays, we live in a world where the TV antenna has pretty much gone by the wayside, but you need that Internet connection coming in the home because without that, you are literally dead in the water. Cause One way it is or the no, other, yeah. It, yeah, it is no fun not having Internet. And for anybody that's experienced what uh, what Bill's going through, yeah, that is not fun. Joe, what's up? John, I started to call twice, but uh, Bill no, you're fine. prompted me to, uh, number one, never get your modem, uh, excuse me, your router from your service provider. Because in Bill's situation, if it goes out, you're stuck on waiting for them to come to replace it. If you own the modem, you're, excuse me, you own your router, 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, go over to Walmart and buy another one for 100 bucks, and you're back in business in, in 30 minutes. Um, plus, and never yeah, get and, by, and, and really quick, too, Charlie just mentioned, too, that you're paying. Most of you may, may or may not know this, but there's a line item for a lease of the modem you currently have. So you can typically also, Joe, save money by doing it that way. Yep. Right. And never, ever get the they'll offer you a router modem combination in a single box. You now have two points of failure in right. one device. Um, modems rarely, rarely fail. Routers tend to fail more frequently than modem. Um so, number, you know, typically you have to get, by the way, you don't have to, I own my router and I own my modem, and so number one, I'm not paying a fee, and if either one of them fails, I can run over to Walmart, Right. Uh, literally on, on a Sunday morning, I'll be back home and back in business in 30 minutes, so. Yeah, and really not. quick, that's the downside to you, and for those of you listening, and I love fiber optic. It's fast. It gives you giganet, gig, gigabit speed and things like that. The downside, Joe, is there is a device. That ends up either inside, typically it's inside the main wall of your house where that connection's coming in. And if that device fails, because it's taking the fiber, putting it back over to copper, if that device fails and you cannot own that, they will not allow you to. That is a device that you have to have from the company providing the fiber. That's the downside to fiber. And yes, yep. they fail. Oh. They, they fail. So, But again, assuming you're not on fiber... Um, Which anymore, Joe, is getting to be... As you know, and at least I don't know about a Jersey, but here in Denver, fiber is getting bigger and bigger and bigger yes. all the time. In fact, there's most areas now. In fact, I live in an area that for the longest time only had one cable provider that could give us pretty, pretty slow speeds when it came to our Internet connection. We finally have fiber now as well. So most of our area now, you're going to have an option and most people are switching over to fiber. Yep. So, you again, that's another point of failure. That, that interface with the fiber, mm-hmm. but when you get one of these all-in-one, you know, again, if you have an all-in-one... And the security got, side of the all-in-ones suck as well, so yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't get the all-in-ones, and and again, uh, don't and don't get your router from the uh, your, your service provider. Own your router, and again... Right. Uh, and even when you buy you your going, own, don't do the all-in-one. Have an access point for your Wi-Fi... Have the router doing its job only. You do not need a Wi-Fi slash router all built into one. Because to your point, Joe, A, they're not as secure. B, it's just one more thing to go wrong, and then everything's out. Yeah, and even if you have a, a mesh system, uh, you know, you can, just to get by, you can buy a cheap router to get you through the day for Correct. for 80 bucks. I mean, you can buy a router. Or less. Internet, you know, or 80 bucks or less. So let's assume my 
again, I've got a, a mesh system with three satellites. If my primary router failed on a Sunday morning, I'd go over to Walmart and get one for 75, 80 bucks. And yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, Wi-Fi in my back guest bedroom, you know, for a couple of days. But for 70 bucks, I'd have a router in the, on the main level. So yep. uh, I'd have Wi-Fi Great on point. the main level. Great so, point. Again, and, and really quick, too, Joe, the other thing that they do, as you know, is they don't make any of this easy for the end user either. No, no. Um, in my case, I had Comcast when my com- when my first router I got, you know, the first um, modem I got from Comcast, when it failed, I had to make a uh, 45-mile round trip to, to swap. I'm sorry, it wasn't the router. It was a cable box. Right. My cable box. I had to do a 45-mile round trip to swap out my cable box, cable TV box. Wow. So that's the other, that's the other problem. If you don't, uh, you don't own that stuff and you want it replaced, they're going to ask you to, well, come to our office and we'll get right. another one. Right. So great point. Own it, own it. Don't own it. Don't rent it. Yeah. And you'll save right. money in the end as well. So good point. And you'll save money. That's right. right. Good point, right. Joe. No, appreciate that. Thanks for that tip. And he is spot on. Uh, I'll let Bill, I'll get Bill in before we take our next break. Bill, go ahead, sir. Well, when it, with me with the fiber optics, I go, what if I, I call them up and I go, what if I don't want it? He told me to go someplace else. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the only option you've got, I think. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. And then I called up Best Buy <coughs> to see how much it would cost to go if they had one that I can go buy. And they were talking, they weren't talking $100. They were talking more like $500. No, that's not right. Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, that I just called up and got somebody, and I thought I got the Geek Squad, which usually is pretty good. But uh, it's just it's just a pain. It is. It is. Bill, we feel your pain. Hope hope things work out for you. Monday, you can give us a call next week even and give us an update. Guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560. Mom, why is it so cold in the house? Is the thermostat broken? The Public Utilities Commission approved another rate increase and I can't afford the bill. Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. You need a roof that is going to keep you and yours protected from the Colorado elements this winter. 
but having a reliable, functioning roof doesn't mean you should have to compromise your bank account. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement with a rejuvenation treatment. This 100% plant-based product gives you new roof performance without new roof costs. But sometimes a replacement is absolutely necessary. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your family. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. Contact Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado today, and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your family is protected. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With a 3-2-1 buy-down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913% the third, and the remaining years at 6.913% with an APR of 6.985%. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month less the first year, $511 the second, 262 the third with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take aim. 720-895-0500. Three to one buy downs available up to 95% loan to value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV, 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of 1116, NMLS 298191, and rates subject to change. All right, we are back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Larry Unger, Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer. John and Cheyenne, you're next. Go ahead, John. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. All right, so I'm doing my favorite Saturday morning task. Guess what? Pushing snow? Moving, <laughs> moving snow drifts. <laughs> How'd I know? Yeah, I, I know that because i got to do the I same do. thing this afternoon at home because i got stinking snow piles everywhere, so i got to do the same thing. Yep. So, but uh, you're you're playing that ad for from Americans for yeah, Prosperity. Yeah, for AP, yes. Yeah, I got a problem with that ad because it's not – if the governor appointed the three commissioners, uh-huh. then whose responsible is it? 
Well, it's that's not, we were talking about that during the we were talking about that during the break. Therein lies part of the problem with the PUC. In my opinion, those should be elected positions and they should not be appointed by the governor. I would agree totally. They, and they are appointed by the governor and they are doing exactly what your uber liberal governor wants them to do. You are 100% correct. But you know, in, you know, in the case of AFP, you know, if we if they get enough public pressure, uh, you know, will that make a difference? I, it doesn't hurt. Uh, what are they going to do, though? They've already approved it. Are they going to call XL back in and say, and we're taking your rate increase away? And huh. then XL turns around and say, fine, we're not going to be able to do line maintenance this summer. Because remember, those rate increases, as you're, okay, I know this from being in the, a regulated utility, their profit level is regulated at, I, I know, the utility I used to work for back east, it was 8% is what they could make as a profit on the stock. Mm-hmm. But remember, look up where all those stocks are for XML. If you got a 401k or a mutual fund, you probably got some XML stocks. You probably do. Or uh, XL. Yeah. yeah, you're probably right. You know, so it's not, you know, when people say, oh, that's the evil utility, the evil utility is not some monopoly guy sitting in an office with a big cigar. It's most of your pension. No, but my issue with my issue with XL Energy, John, and you know this as well, is they're you know they're going along with these mandates to shift energy from what we know as proven coal, natural gas, and so on, shutting plants down, going to wind and solar, increasing our kilowatt hour costs, and so on. That's the garbage that needs to end. Right. So that is not XL. XL would love. Well, it kind of is. Although, in my opinion. They're as much on that green ship as anybody. They may not come right out and say it. And, yes, I know what you're saying. Their goal is to sell power so they can make money in the end. But let me tell you what. They have bought into that hook, line, and sinker just like the politicians have. Well, and you know why? Because there's incentives to do so. Well, no, there's also BlackRock, which is one of the biggest stockholders. It's the BlackRock. Yeah, uh, them and Vanguard and numerous others. Yeah, and they're doing that ESG crap, yep. so they're pushing. We're you know we're going to dump your stock and have it, the price drop by twenty percent if you don't do what we tell you to. Do. Yeah, they're being held hostage, and that is also that exactly. So I, I you know the other thing I was reading an article. They're up to forty five to sixty days to do a meter change out and get some, uh, to get a solar. Yes, uh, you are correct, John. You are correct. Yes. And that is where the and, PSC needs to And that's to garbage. And yeah, you're right. No. That's garbage. There's no reason why within 15 days they can't turn that on. Yeah, absolutely. What it, well, there should be a whole law, because I know in other states there are, a whole Colorado law saying exactly how your solar winds, you know, renewables on a residential have to work and it should tell you how much time after it's all been approved that it takes to tie it in and if they're violating that that's a commission complaint and every customer who's waiting on a meter more than 10 days that's listening to us should be on the phone lodging a formal complaint with the public service commission yep because that's the only way because remember if excel gets too many complaints they can be fined good point by the commission good point so yeah, I just want to go on. Can I ask a quick... I'm out moving snow, so yes. I'm not going to be able to call you. I'll listen to you. No, go ahead. Can I ask a quick drive radio sure. question? Sure, sure, <clears throat> Um You said uh, don't have anything on the top of your vehicle to increase gas mileage. 
Right. You know, like, so I've got the Forerunner. It's got the two rails that run parallel, you know, run with the vehicle, right. front to back. And then it's got the two cross pieces. Should I take those two cross pieces No, as long as that's all them? you've got on there and there's no bike rack, ski rack, anything attached to the cross pieces, you're okay. fine. Okay, so, so take the ski rack off. Yes, take the ski rack off. It's a drag. Yes, Okay, that's what I... I, And and to the point, John, on that vehicle, probably a mile to the gallon. Yeah, it is. The ski rack's easy to get off. The cross members are... No, no, leave the crossbars in. Just take the rack off. Just take the ski rack off. That's fine. Okay. Yep, you'll be fine. All right. All All right, John. Appreciate you, man, very much. Have fun moving snow. Be, Be safe, of course. Steve, down in the Springs, what's going on? Good morning, gentlemen. You enjoying this warm up recovery day? It's actually, uh, yeah, we'll take it. Every day. Hey, a couple quick thoughts. Uh, number one, I was going through this inspection report. It's on a 50 year old condo. It's hot water heat. There are no open flame appliances. The boiler is three stories down. And the inspector was calling for CO detectors, and I'm going, huh, you know, unless you light 100 candles and you're firing off your bong, or unless it really makes you feel good, you probably don't need CO detectors. You can't run a house today without them. Nope. In fact, some of the home inspectors, that's one of the first things they'll even come in and look at. Even some of the appraisers that are doing appraisals for refis and so on will make sure that you've got carbon monoxide yep. testers, which which I have a problem with, Steve, because they're they're doing the mortgage. They're not a home inspector, but that will be one of the things they'll tell the mortgage company if you don't have one. Exactly. They'll make you install them before yes, you sell Yes, they will. Yep. Well, I don't get it because there's no open flame appliances. It's hot water heat. And that's three stories down. I know. Anywho, uh, a question I'm not for disagreeing. Absolute. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you across absolute. the board, yes. A question for Absolute. Uh, first of all, do they operate in the Springs market? I'm thinking they do not. not. Well, anyway, a question for them on these god-awful Federal Pacific breakers. They are a hunk of junk. Every single inspection mm-hmm. seems to want to replace. And this is just a small 80-amp panel on a small condo. And I understand in the back of my mind, that there is a way to replace those Federal Pacific breakers, which were delisted by Underwriters Labs, right. to replace them with an Eaton breaker without replacing the whole panel. Maybe you could run that by them and get their thoughts on that. Well, and I just looked it up really quick myself, and I believe you are correct, and I, I'm looking at it right now. Um, you can buy those on Amazon. So, yes, they make they make stab-in or you know uh, breakers that, that will work with the panel where you don't have to change the panel out. Another thing I don't get about this place, they, they did an apartment condo conversion like 50 years ago. And so the three-story buildings, maybe 12 units per building, none of them still yet have water shut off out. So anything you got to do with the water, you got to turn the water off for all 12 units. Everybody gets shut off. Interesting. That's just nuts. Then the other thing I noticed, I was replacing some uh, smoke detectors at the residence because, you know, seven years, they seem to be engineered to start beeping one week into that seven-year period. Anyway, now the smoke detectors have a 10-year battery for a seven-year smoke detector life. And I'm going, huh, maybe that's because people weren't changing batteries. I have no idea. But at least, if that's accurate, a 10-year battery and a seven-year smoke detector, you should be okay. You should. Yeah, but they tell you to change batteries every year, annually. Right. But they never used to put 10-year batteries in them in a seven-year detector. No, they didn't. I found that interesting. Well, thank you, gents. Appreciate your show. You're very welcome, Steve. We appreciate it very much. And, uh, man, we've covered a lot of things today that uh, 
I wasn't necessarily intending to cover, which is which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The other thing too, I talked about this a little bit yesterday in Ready Radio when it comes to you know saving money and you know just watching all these different things that are going on, you know, with your household expenses and so on. Of course, we've been talking about energy today, you know, fairly thoroughly, and uh, you know some of the you know the little things at times, Larry, that I think we all miss out on also is just some of the basics. Do you have a window? That needs a new seal. Yes. Uh, that, or, or could you replace a window? You know, do you have a lot of air drafts coming into you know certain areas? Do you have? Uh, I've, I know I have one. I've got a door seal at the threshold. I need to replace. Probably need to do that this weekend. It's not letting a lot of air in, but it's enough that you know you need to be taken. You know, need to be looking at some of those things. And sometimes we look at the big things while overlooking the, the small things. things. Yeah. You know, if you take a. A, I don't know. You can take a, a, anything from from a candle to any kind of a little small smoke smoke. You know, there's little devices that put out smoke, even baby powder, whatever. There's all sorts of ways to do this. Go around all of your outlets, especially the ones that are on outside walls. Do you feel or do you see any air movement? You know, coming through some of those outlets. If that's the case, then you need to you know get in there, put some of the spray foam around it, or whatever you need to do to try to insulate that. Because again, that's air coming in, cooling the room down. And sometimes, again, we look at all of the big things that are in a house, furnaces and the like, Larry. Yet we miss some of the little things where it's like, wait a minute, should you know, if we were just doing, for example, this is a big pet peeve I have. A because my garage is heated. Um, but I cannot stand people that leave the garage door open all the time. It's like, wait a minute, that's a, that's a big air barrier yes. into your home. If you can keep your garage door shut or even open it minimally and not let all – in other words, there's a lot of folks where – you know, and I have one of these garages where I cannot go outside of my garage without either going into the house and going out an outside door. I don't have a man door into my garage, or I have to open the overhead door to go out. Right. So, you know, if I want to take the trash out or do anything along those lines, I'm either walking around, you know, the outside man door to go out to the trash, or I'm opening the garage door, which what I try to do then is time it to where if I'm going to take the car out, I'll take the trash out, do it all at once, so that I'm, or I just walk out a man door. Because again, I'm trying to keep that quote unquote seal between. The outside world and what's outside that garage door, what's inside the garage, is sort of like a little vestibule, if you would. So you're trying to keep that that garage, if you would, as warm as you can, because the colder it is, the colder those walls are that are against the garage. The door itself, every time you open the door to go out to the garage, you, you get my drift. The warmer you keep the garage, the warmer your house is going to stay. And it just amazes me how many times I'll watch somebody where you're driving by, you watch them pull out of the garage or just go outside and they leave the door open for the next hour plus, and it's five degrees outside. And I'm thinking, do you realize how much heat you're losing in that particular case just by having that door open. Well, people don't realize that usually a garage wall is to the outside, but the, your garage still goes to the house. It's attached. Correct. So all the heat and energy that's in that garage is either going to be lost or it could go to the attic. Correct. So, again, one of which, there's a lot of little things I think folks can do that they tend to forget. We look at all the big things, automatic thermostats. We've talked about dampeners and zoning and all sorts of different things today along those lines. But have you missed just some of the small things that are there? Have you taken a small candle or some sort of a smoke device and ran around the house to determine where do I have any kind of an air leak? Is it coming around windows? Is it coming in outlets? Is it coming around door seals? Am I leaving doors open too long? 
wrong. If I put an automatic closer on a particular door, would that help? You know, would that help get that door closed faster to where I'm not losing heat? If you got little kids that are running in and out, you know, are you better off having a closer on that door so the door stays closed? Again, things like that where you look at it and say, okay, I could do little small improvements to keep that air that I have inside the house there. And by the way, the same applies in the summertime when you've got the air conditioning on. You know, what can I do to keep that air that's in there in there versus having it leave? Because when it leaves and you're having to reheat or recool that air all over again, that's where the expense comes in. Well, one of the things I've done is, is you can buy a, a strip of foam that's got uh, tape on the backside and run it around your door jam. Oh, good idea. And that way, when you, extra cl- seal. when you close the door, it's going to seal better. Yeah, great extra seal. You know, I, for example, I have one door, and I, I've tried to adjust it, and it's just the way this door is, the way it's hung. And, you know, I, I don't know, I, I guess I could spend a lot more time on it. But it's a door where if the deadbolt isn't locked, it doesn't quite seal as tightly as if yep. the deadbolt is unlocked. So it's one of those doors where when even when we're home, you lock the deadbolt. A, it's probably a little more secure, but B, because that deadbolt goes in and kind of pushes the door in tighter against the seal, it makes everything nice and tight. You can actually see the door close in and get tighter when the deadbolt's yep. in. Those are some of the things I'm talking about where you you have to be mindful of those things, be watching for it, and then determine what are the little things I can do around the house to improve my overall, not just not just the energy, you know, lower my energy costs, but the comfortability factor as well. Nobody likes a drafty house, by the way. So anything you can do, uh, whether that be adding insulation, whether it be looking at what's up in the attic, has the insulation that's up there been compacted? You know, could you add some to it? I mean, there's all sorts of little things that can be done. And I think when we look at where we're at right now today in this day and age where these energy prices have just skyrocketed, you've got to look at every little area. So that's it, guys. Larry, thank you for sitting in with me. We're about done here today. Uh, If you're listening on Tuesday, Rush to Reason is next. Otherwise, this is Saturday, the 18th of February. We've got Drive Radio coming up next, so don't go anywhere, folks. This is Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.